Hello and welcome to episode 950 of The Sleeper in the Bust. It is Tuesday, July 6th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning. How you doing? I'm all right. I uh, I might sound a little under the weather because I'm feeling kind of under the weather out of nowhere. Um, it's just kind of a stuffed up face. I hate that in the summer, though. Like, no one likes being sick ever, but it feels so out of place in the summer, you know? Yeah. Who, who gets sick in the summer? Yeah, no, you shouldn't get sick in the summer. That's just I know. That's kind of that's kind of shitty. Yeah. And nor should a homebody, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the one nice thing about like the whole pandemic and everything was like uh nobody in my house got sick for like a year. Yeah, to bring it to everybody else. Yeah, cuz we we didn't go anywhere. Well, cuz my kids aren't <laughs> in daycare, they're not exactly. school, like they're not, you know, cuz they're the ones who bring home all the gross shit, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, little disease factories children <laughs> are uh so yeah I'm, I'm, my, my wife's heading back to work next month uh so i'm looking forward to uh getting sick again once uh you know they bring back colds yeah th- those trials and tribulations will will fire back up I think, I think people are willing to make that trade to you know open open the country back up but um i guess i'm catching some of the brunt of it because i'm not feeling particularly well but it's fine well, you're a uh, trooper talk- you're gonna play through injury Absolutely. I'm playing through injury. I got a big day today. We're, we're doing the pod. I got a radio spot. I got a video for my YouTube and I'm streaming. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. But let's talk some news off the top here. And Eddie Rosario is heading to the IL with an abdomen injury. You know, I haven't really kept tabs on Rosario this year because I didn't really get him. Um, he's one of those players. He's like, he's good. You know, I he has some really good years in Minnesota. Um, he was perfectly fine last year. Too. I mean, he's Good. I don't want to understate it. Uh, and I think he started off really hot this year, especially with the speed. You know, he has nine steals. Yeah, so he's nine for 11. Um, you know, in in the last full season, 2019, he ran four times. The year before that, only 10. So to have even 11 tries already and nine successful is pretty impressive. Seven steals. The slash line isn't there, 254, 296, 389. But with those nine steals, anybody who has Rosario is probably pretty happy. But like I said, now he's going to go down with the abdomen. Um, I guess the main question here, because I don't think you're cutting him, would be if you see a replacement in Cleveland, which I know outfield. We've been talking about that now for, what, going on 32 years that their outfield's been trash. (laughs) Does anybody jump out to you, perhaps in Oscar Mercado? Uh, I mean, maybe... Like right now, or like before the injury, he'd been kind of uh, short side platooning with Bradley Zimmer. Yeah. Um, he your, wasn't. Your boy. Yeah, my my boy. Uh, he wasn't very good. Uh, in Triple A this year, I mean, nine steals. That's great. Five home I runs. Say that that's the, decent. The speed was what what I liked. Uh, but he's hitting two, he was hitting two sixteen in Triple A. So like, yeah. I, I don't know that. I mean, I, I would think that Cleveland is going to be a buyer here at at the deadline. Now, they'll well, they'll buy the way Cleveland buys. I was going to say. <laughs> so it'll be an Oscar Mercado type. Maybe they go get, like, I don't, Ben Gamble, who's hot. and like and, on fire. Yeah. Who, who, they, who they cut, right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, it'll, it'll be someone like that. So Let me I, say this about Mercado real quick, because I still like him. I'm having a hard time giving him up. You're right. He hit 216 in the minors, but 235 Babbitt, 
16% strikeout rate, 11% walk rate with those five homers and nine steals. If if somebody's doing that in the majors, we're buying that guy all day based on those skills and the low BABIP, right? I understand at AAA, we want things to go better, but sometimes you can hit into batted ball bad luck. And so now he's come up and struck out 36%, so it has not been the same at all. But I still think there might be a little a little ounce of upside if he gets some regular playing time. He has 22 plate appearances right now. And I guess the one thing I'm going to be keyed in on with Mercado, because I imagine he's going to get some playing time here, is whether or not he can bring down that strikeout rate. And if he can't, I'm ready to give up on him. But if he can get it into like at least the mid-20s, then I think there might still be something here. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I mean, I think a guy who's got power and speed like he does, like you don't want to give up on. And, I mean, he was only striking out 16% of the time and walking 11% of the time in the minors. So that's... That's a, what I like. Yeah, it's a good sign. I It just... He was so brutal last year. I, I mean, know. It was, and, I mean, it's also short seasons. Like, you don't want to, like, completely overreact to it. But, I mean... There was like nothing when you watched him at the plate. I, I was a huge believer, and mm-hmm. and he completely torched me. Yeah, I mean, it, me it, too. like there are bad seasons from last year. His is on another level. His WRC plus was minus eleven, dude, in ninety three plate appearances. Like Mercado did not have anything last year. Um, so yeah, we don't want to give him up off of the sub one hundred plate appearances, but he's got to start to show something here because he is twenty six. He was not a highly acclaimed prospect. He was one of those guys who kind of finds himself in the middle of the St. Louis lists and then the Cleveland lists when he was traded over um, as somebody who could be more of a fantasy asset than a real life one. But I do think he's going to get a lot of this time here um, instead of platooning. So I think it's an opportunity for him to show what he's got and we'll see if he's got anything there. I'd pick him up at 15s. Um, He's probably already picked up an AL only because he's ever stolen a base in the history of the world. And Though, though I have, I'm not in AL only this year, but my recollection of them is guys with even a partial pulse are picked up. Yeah, and this is a pretty ugly year in AL only. It's it's uh, my first year, I think, ever not playing in AL only league because uh, that's what I started playing in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jason has been complaining all season long about just just how awful there's the waiver wire is. Yeah, there's just nothing out there. Yeah, it, it's absolutely brutal. So. That's what I look at. Um, one other guy, I guess, to bring up on their team is Ernie Clement. Now, he is... I don't believe you. That's a player. I promise it is. He is a very poor man's Luis Arise in that he's all contact and the batting average hasn't been there yet at the majors. He's a, he's but, a poor man Luis Arise. Like, that is... Yeah. That's just mean. That's, I, that's what I'm saying, though. Like that, I think that drives home the point of where I'm at with him. So he's like I'll Luis Arise with, 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 without the average. Exactly. That's, so he makes a lot awful. of contact, but the <laughs> they don't. It doesn't fall for hits. Um, but that's, you, you can that's just the say he's he, he's he's you up there at the plate, Justin. Yeah, there you go. So you can get a Justin Mason replica if you'd like. Um, I just figured I'd bring him up because he could find some some time as well. He is fast, but I I, I still like Mercado better personally. Yeah, I mean this with, with the All Star break coming up, like. This, this, you know, if this was going to happen, this is kind of the perfect time because hopefully yeah. they'll be able to get Rosario back at, you know, after, after the all-star break. It's not as, it's not expected to be 
crazy right now for, for him. And I was right that you're not considering cutting him, right? He's been a top 40 outfielder. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't. I mean, Same. especially with, with the amount of speed you're getting from him. There's been weird speed contributors this year. I yes, mean, like Max Kepler has seven. That might be like a, a fun article just to be like, did you know that these guys have these steel counts? Because I agree there's there's a good handful of random speed contributors all over the place. So, uh, yeah, hang on to Rosario. Uh, deeper league folks, you got you can go for his direct replacement. Otherwise, you're going to have to go into the into the wire. And I should have come up with some names, but I didn't think about doing that. And I failed, y'all. I'm sorry. But let's talk about Yasmani Grandal. Did you see this play? I did not yet. It was scary, and I, I I was like, oh no, like he might be done for the year. You know, another season-ending injury for them because he he does like a check swing, and what I thought because I was kind of half paying attention, it was on my iPad, was that he fouled the ball off his knee or foot. You know, and those are a nightmare. Well, he didn't make contact, but he check swung and then had that sort of reaction and like I'm lifting up right now, yeah, yeah, and you're like, what the heck is that? And it was it was scary. Now it's being evaluated as a calf strain right now, which is it's not great. Um, but folks were talking like Achilles or, you know, did he mm-hmm. rupture like an ACL, PCL, TCL, MCL, GCL? Some of those are real. Some of those aren't. You figure it out. The GCL um, is extremely concerning. If you if you rupture the GCL, dude, Mm-mm. not only is career. your career over. Yeah. That your life has forever changed. <laughs> you got to be careful with your GCL, and that's why you don't hear about it because it's it's rare, mm-hmm. but uh, it's out there. But it looks like hopefully we're escaping a major, major, major issue. And like you said, similar to Rosario with the break looming, not likely to be the end of the world. But let's talk about the catcher situation in Chicago. They have Zach Collins, who is a a just Im- markedly worse catcher in terms of. Mm-hmm framing and everything than Grandal, but it looks like he'll be the guy. And I believe they said on the broadcast yesterday that, that Zebi Savala was traveling with them. Um, he's a minor league catcher. So he's 28. He's going to be there too. I know it's got folks excited for your mean Mercedes, but that's two bad catchers. If they go Mercedes Collins, I think they're likely to, to put Savala on the team there. Um, does that, I, I know Zavala doesn't unless you want to, change my mind and say he does matter to you, but I, I doubt he does. Does Zach Collins pique your interest? Because he's he's definitely a bat first or even bat only catcher. So uh, what, what do you think of Zach Collins maybe getting some extra PT here? I've always really liked Zach Collins as a prospect. Yeah, he um, can hit. He, yeah, he can hit. The problem is he, he cannot catch. Uh, Correct. <laughs> so um, He's waiting out that Abreu retirement. He's like, bro, you, you want an MVP? He- head on out on top. He's like, I'm 34. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, like the worst news uh, Zach Collins has gotten the last few years was that they drafted Andrew Vaughn. Yes. Um, but then like, he he perked back up when he went to the outfield. He's like, yes. Yeah. Okay, this here. is my chance. But then Abreu wins an MVP. He's like, oh, come on, man. Yeah, Collins is, uh, I mean, he's got real power in the bat. We haven't necessarily seen it translate yet in the majors, but I think that's largely because he just hasn't gotten the playing time to really, uh, to really get going. Exactly. Uh, he, you know, he struggles with contact, strikes out thirty-two percent of the time this year, but he, he walks at a double-digit rate. Um, so I mean, in on-base percentage leagues, uh, which is you know a place you might have targeted Grandal to begin with, 
Yep. Uh, he's he's a pretty easy replacement. It's a good call out. Yep, I like that. So, uh, I mean, I, I don't really understand why they had Grandal in the lineup to begin with. He'd been dealing with his calf strain for the last few days and missed the uh, previous two games. Uh, oh, this was an aggravate. Okay, I missed that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, this is same with the abdominal injury of Rosario. They're both re-aggravations of his ah, previous injuries. And okay. when you're so close to the all-star break, it's like, hey, just let these guys take time off and, and make you know, sure they're... Five, five up in the loss column, too, to add to your point. Yeah. Like, you're in a good situation if you're the White Sox, specifically with Grandal. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Collins is is like the likely uh, next man up in your kind of two-catcher leagues. In one-catcher leagues, you'll go find someone better uh, Eric, out there. Eric Haas? Yeah, Eric Haas, who's been a Haas. Um, he has been a Haas. It's, and I like him because he plays in the outfield time to time, too. So Because mm-hmm. Jake Rogers is, is... Do you see that in the catcher. park home run? Dude, that was wild. Yeah. I was loving it, man. I, I've been loving the whole Haas. I've been... Dude... My Tigers are exciting right now. I, I I get excited to tune in every night because um, they're playing good ball. They're playing really good ball right now. So, uh, yeah, I think Haas is a good pickup in one catcher. That division is atrocious. You're atrocious, dude. <laughs> the Tigers are 39 and 46, and they're third in the division. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and not that far out from uh, – from, Remember, from remember when people were like, ah, oh, Twins and the Royals are really interesting teams this year. Yeah, no, I really like the Royals, especially. Yeah. I thought they could be the sneak team. They started off hot, and uh, you know, confirmation bias. Like, I, I knew it. Yeah, <laughs> you knew it, Paul. You knew it after three weeks. You colossal idiot. Um, but yeah, the White Sox. You know, they're kind of running away with it. Cleveland's doing their best, but they their guys are dropping like flies. They can't keep any pitchers going, and now they lose Rosario. So it, it, it's a mess there. But with Grandal. Hopefully this isn't anything too crazy. I'll tell you what, I'm bummed that uh, you know, I know KC fans, they show out for their guy, and I respect that, and they voted Perez in. But I wanted Zanino and Grandal to make it and have the uh, both starting both catchers in the American League All-Star game be batting under 200. That would have been fun. <laughs> and, and yet both be deserving, right, to really drive home the point about how batting average is not a, a great measure uh, a single measure of, of value because both guys have been great, Zanino and Grandal, despite that sub 200 average. Uh, but Perez won the uh, you know won the vote, and then Zanino had to be the. Is he the only Ray? Uh, he or might I, be. I think I think he is. And of course, the White Sox had enough guys, so Grandal. They're not putting on three catchers. Anyway, let's move on and talk about Sixto Sanchez's season because it's over. Before it ever begun, um, he's going to have season-ending surgery, and that's a wrap on Sixto, which is a bummer. Um, you know, there's a lot of excitement around the Marlins' uh, rotation this year, and he was a big part of it. Well, that excitement has continued because Trevor Rogers basically filled in the role of Sixto Sanchez, and uh, he's going to have to get season-ending surgery on that shoulder. This is not great. Uh, the hope is that he'll be ready to go for 2022, but we know that that's not a guarantee. So I guess my question is right now with uh, keepers and dynasties, where are you at on Sanchez? And and then off of that, based on how you feel, I guess, would you consider maybe selling low? I don't know that I want to sell low, but I mean, this was always kind of the concern with Sixto. 
uh, I mean, he's dealt with injuries all throughout the minors. One of the things that's kind of derailed his kind of minor league stock uh, as he was coming up through. Uh, and I don't think the industry as a whole really talked about that enough coming into this season, especially because the Marlins aren't a team to baby pitchers. Like yeah. they, they just let their guys throw. Uh, and maybe that was a bad decision in, in the case of six though. Are you saying they exacerbated something last year though? No, I'm just saying like, you know, I mean, a lot of these teams with their younger pitchers, you know, they're, they're a little bit more careful. Eh, babying doesn't work either though. It doesn't, it doesn't yeah. really prevent injuries in any But when you get a guy way. who's had a lot of injuries, I mean, you know, he had never really had a season where he had a hundred innings before yeah and they gave him they gave him that in 2019 um which was a doubling more than a doubling he went from yeah. 47 innings at high a to a buck 14 uh, with a few more at high a and then mostly at double a and then he made the jump to the majors last year with no triple a to uh to play there and pitch 39 innings that got us all really excited about him but it was like it was 39 inning it was only 39 innings but it was also like Seven innings, seven innings, six innings, seven innings. Like, yeah. they just let him go within starts um, last season. So, because I, mean, I think people forget, like, 39 innings came in a month. Yeah, seven starts. I mean, he was he was out there. Mm-hmm. And I love that, but you're right now, here we are with the shoulder. And it's unfortunate um, that we're not even going to get anything from him this year. So, I guess, uh, what, what are we doing going forward then? If you're not selling low, I mean, if I, I'll tell you what. If I'm a contender... I'm open to it because yeah, I think you I, still I've, get something. You know, you will be selling lower, but you're still going to bring home. Yeah, if, I, if I you're if you're going for a championship, a anybody is worth you know selling on in order yeah. to make your push for a championship, especially if they're injured. So, uh, like, I don't have an issue in that kind of that regard. But like, I'm not just like generally trying to get you know from under my my shares of six though. I ult- ultimately like if I'm a team looking for next year. I'm probably trying to buy because you could probably buy pretty low. There you go. Um, that's the play. Yeah, I think that's that's what I would be trying to do. But you also have to remember, like you know, pitchers and injuries. Like that, you know, I mean, there's a chance this this never really gets better. I mean, you know, just to always wet wet blanket yourself, or or at least uh, give yourself a cold shower on it. Just think of the trajectory of Carlos Rodon. Mm-hmm. You know, how many people were super bought in on him early and, you know, through, throughout the multiple times that he had kind of these false starts of, of solid seasons. You look at 16, 17 and 18 um, and, and their 28, 12 and 20 starts respectively. Those were showing like this guy's good. He hasn't hit that next level yet, but he's pretty good. And injuries just kept getting in his way. And then 19 was a bust. 20 obviously was um, a shortened season, but it was still a bust for him. And then finally, at age 28, Carlos Rodon breaks out and he's having his dream season. So uh, it can take a long time with pitchers that, you know, you might be long gone on a guy by the time they actually break out. Unfortunately, that could be the case with Sanchez here because you're right. He's had injuries coming up. Now he has this. So, you know, it it sucks. And that's kind of the tough part about investing in pitchers. But when they hit, it's, it's so much fun. So... I like Sixto still. I like the idea of going and buying more so than selling low. I'm with you on that. And I think uh, that's how you got to play it this year. Of course, redrafts, easy cut if you are still holding. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
All right, let's put some guys in focus and start with uh, this new guy, Garit Kohli. Mm. I don't. I'm not good with the names, dude. So I think that's he, right. He doesn't seem like he's very good. He's kind of trash, like a weird 30 year old for the Yankees, Garit Kohli. The strikeout rate's decent and everything, but like lately he's been rough. Uh, but for real, Garrett Cole, dude, I imagine not just fantasy folks, but the Yankees are like, what's going on? The funny thing is, we're asking questions about a guy with a 291 ERA and a .96 whip. I was going to say that exact same thing. Like, it's hilarious that that's where we're at. His last two starts have been particularly rough. Um, he had an ugly one at the beginning of June before the the, the sticky tack stuff. You know, he's been very much in the in the limelight for this with uh, dancing around the question, getting called out by Donaldson, et cetera, et cetera. I think the real big issue, if you just want to boil it down into one thing since the start of June, these six starts that he's had where he has a 524 ERA is the 10 homers that he's allowed. It's a 2.6 home run rate. And I... I don't need much convincing to believe that that can be a sticky tack thing like right there, you know, like that. It, it's not costing him effectiveness on strikeouts. Um, and even his whip with regards to this ERA isn't too bad. It's at uh, 122. In fact, that's actually pretty solid, not necessarily for Cole, but compared to a 524 ERA. So it comes down to the homers. But that can be the difference that something like spider tack gives you. So I guess my 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 base question to you is, do you have legitimate concern about Garrett Cole? I mean, I think you have to have legitimate concern, uh, especially if you drafted Garrett Cole in the first round, like I did in my main event. But like, I don't know what you can do. You're not gonna sell Garrett Cole. Yeah, um, I mean, it's not it's not actionable to that end. I guess the next the question off of that though is, are you moving him down in your rankings? Because I did. I'm going to be updating all of my rankings while I'm on vacation. That's going to be like my project. Okay. Uh, while I'm on vacation next week. I think that's a hard question because it's hard to decide who you're actually going to move above him. Uh, he probably should. Max? Yeah, that's that's probably one. A, a Milwaukee pitcher? Pro- maybe both Milwaukee pitchers. Or both, yeah. I'm, o- um, I'm open to both. Yeah, I think considering the the stadium that he pitches in uh, and the division that he pitches in on top of uh, all the spin rate drop, I think you can make the argument. I also don't want to like overreact to two starts. Of course. But even if you take those off, let's just go with the four starts before that. You're still looking at a home run issue because that's six homers in 26 innings, and that's a 2.1 mark. Yeah, but he's always had a home run issue, you know. Not two homers per. Yeah, I mean, I know he had he had he was one, like one seven six year. right last year one seven one. Yeah, and that, I mean that's not good. One seven three. Uh, keep so maybe on. maybe this was a a budding problem that is now really coming to the fore. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, like I said, it's not actionable on your team. You're not sitting him. You're not doing anything with Cole that would require a move i, I don't even there were there were a bunch of people in the industry people that are smart that we respect that sat garrett cole this week against the astros i did not um uh, you couldn't pay me to do that 
If I wasn't sitting Luis Castillo, <laughs> I'm not sitting Garrett Cole. I, I just don't know, like, in what... I mean, I guess if you're in, like, a 10 or a 12-team league, you may have options. But, like, I, my options in the main event were, like, not good enough to, like, like sit... Facilitate like, that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that would have been insane for me to do. Uh, yeah. I, see, I my, my options were uh, Hector Norris. Um, and Ryan Yarbrough because Zach Allen's back on the IL. Yeah, so no, no way you're doing a Yarbrough for Cole situation. Not against Toronto. And look, I you know Houston's difficult, but it's a revenge game. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> seven innings, two runs. The last time he faced them, and they were two solo shots. I don't know, man. He, uh, maybe maybe I'm. Maybe I'm wrong about like I don't sit studs like this, but I don't sit studs like this. I'm yeah, sorry. I think no the way. the the difficult part for me uh, isn't. I mean, the home runs are definitely concerning, right? Um, but it's the walks. It's the walks along with the home runs that's that making are, them more damaging. Yeah, yeah, because like over these last three games, uh, he's walked eight eight guys, um, and yet. That's another thing that you're like, oh, that makes sense that the spider exactly. attack would play a big role there. Yeah, I mean, that's it, command and control. Yeah, I mean, it's eight guys in, in in only 15 innings in these three starts. Wolf. And so, like, that becomes really concerning. Uh, and one of the reasons why he's having such bad outings uh, is because when he gives up those home runs, they're they're not solo shots. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I mean, you can you can you can live with oh, he gave up two home runs, but that was only ended up being two two earned runs. Um, you can't deal with it being five earned runs or four earned runs in three innings because he's not going deep on top of everything else. So, so let's do this. Break's coming up. He's mm-hmm. gonna get this big start here against Houston. Obviously, if we knew how that was gonna go, we could maybe speak to this better. But rest of the season with Garrett Cole. What do you think his ERA is going to be? And a whip, too. Because I think the Ks are – like, nobody's worried about the Ks. So we don't need to worry if those are yeah. getting, those are there. So ERA and whip projection, loosely. Get, just give me, a, give me an idea of where you're at. Um, 340 ERA, uh, okay. 120 whip. Oof. One, maybe – you gotta move him down then, if that's if that's the projection. Mm. Yeah, maybe yep. not one twenty. Uh, that's hard. It's really really hard to. I mean, he's I, just I, walking so many guys. That's the thing. Yeah, that, I mean, I understand your concern and on he, the whip because he gave of the up, walks. In the last Purple. two starts, he's given up fourteen hits in eight and a third. Yeah, but so. let's not. You know, we have to balance. Like, are we too zeroed in on two starts? Uh, you know. It, it, can he work through this? Does the MLB change the rules on the fly yet again, and then allow? Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if it is. Like <laughs> all of know. a sudden, they're like, "Do whatever you want. We don't like yeah. this bad pitching." Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I think, I think that's that's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to say 340 okay. RA, 120 WHIP, which would probably drop him out of my top five. Yeah, I think you got to consider maybe Lance Lynn ahead of him. Yeah, I, th- I think you do. Because I think Lynn could have better numbers than that. So that's something to consider with Garrett Cole. I'm going to go for mine. I'm going to go um, 
313. Yeah. I will say yeah. in, in both of my uh, second half leagues that I'm doing on NFBC, yes. uh, he was available when I picked at eight both times, and I never took, considered him. You took Trey and who else? Uh, DeGrom. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I heard that DeGrom guy's pretty good. He's I'm going to keep an eye pretty, on him. pretty awesome. I'm going to keep an eye on him. I think there's something there. I'm now, a little bummed he's not going to pitch the All-Star game, but I also completely understand it. Yeah, but guess who is? I Otani. don't. He's oh. going to pitch and hit, that's, which is dope. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. I, I mean, just I won't love watch that. it because I'll be like in the middle of nowhere on my vacation, but... But enjoy um, that. Yeah, that's yeah. worth not watching it. But um, I just love that the reins are off. It's so great because, you know, we I mean, talk so much about. He's easily the MVP at this point, right? Like, that's the, what I've thought. It's I mean, Although, as long as he stays healthy, like he is, he, he, he might as well just be handed the award. They, uh, award. they don't need to vote for it or anything. Did, did I tell you what happened when uh, when there was a little Twitter discussion about him versus Vlad and I am just like going out left and right trying to trying to dunk on these idiots talking about him like you know just highlighting the pitching the pitching the pitching oh, please say it was the, the day like he hit three home runs no uh, no oh no no it was the day that Otani before he blew up <laughs> and th- now this was before um, just because it had gotten to be the same argument too many times, I I'd muted the threat just because I was having the same convo every time. I, I will admit to a, a a drop of cowardice. I did not reopen it to see how badly I was getting obliterated, but I'm certain it was like, how's your pitching now, idiot? Which, <laughs> you know, like I, I'm so strident in like, he's got this great pitching and he, that he's adding on top of hitting almost as well as Vlad. You guys are insane. This is not even close. And he goes out and gets decimated in Yankee stadium. And I'm just like, thanks Shohei. Thanks dude. Really I mean, me out there. I'm sorry. Like you're still right though. Like he's, I know, he's thrown. I know, but it, it gave some nice ammo there to, uh, to dunk on me. Like if he was just a league average pitcher, yeah, he could have a 450 ERA in the 60 innings, and and I don't think people would would give it as much credit, but they they would they'd be wrong. Like adding 60 high quality innings the way he has, and he raised his ERA a whole run in that game, 258 to 360. Doesn't matter, still elite, and the fact that he's damn near hitting the same as uh, Vlad on top of it, and it's nothing against Vlad. I've loved Vlad's season; it's been absolutely amazing. Shohei Otani's the MVP. And I'm not even sure it's that close. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm right there with you. But anyway, Garrett Cole can't do anything as far as action. I don't think so. I know some people did, like Justin said. I'm sticking with it. We just got to see where we're at here with these walks and homers. Let's run to the opposite end of the spectrum, at least in terms of uh, name value. Now, I'm not mispronouncing this one to be silly. I'm pretty sure that this is how you pronounce it. Tyler Miguel. Mm-hmm. That's correct. I don't, think it, I don't think it's just Tyler. I think it's they, they were saying Tyler yesterday on the Mets broadcast when I watched this. Um, he was an interesting pickup. There, there was some there was some notable interest in him for a two start week, and uh, he pitches for the Mets, and he's off to a, a pretty good start. A couple decent outings against the Braves. You know that's a tough landing spot to go back to back Braves, 
And he came out of it with a 482 ERA, but 12 strikeouts in nine and a third. So it generated some interest for this two-start week. And he was matching Woodruff pitch for pitch yesterday. That was a hell of a game. I don't know if you caught any of that. Yeah, yeah, I I did go back and watch it. I was up till like 2 o'clock watching games last night, and that was... He, his outing in particular was of interest to me. It was great. I yeah. loved it. Um, so I'm going I'm to start there, you know, with five innings of one run ball on two hits, two walks, seven strikeouts against one of the hottest teams, if not the hottest team in baseball, the Milwaukee Brewers. And like I said, he's matching Brandon Woodruff pitch for pitch. He outpitched him. Tyler, Tyler Armigo, um, how do we feel about him rest of the season to have, have, the Mets found some of their answer for the bull or for the uh, back end of the rotation. I know he's not the only answer because they need more than one guy, but is, is he somebody who has some staying power? Yeah, that changeup is filthy. Oh my god! I mean, and it's what hurt him. You know, it's what hurt him. Like the only kind of bad spot in that entire outing was he he left a changeup like in the middle of the zone, which happened, and it got just crushed. Yeah. Um. But other than that, like he was phenomenal. Uh, like uh, if you go to, I think it's today's wrote a write up. Um, like I put a gif of one of his strikeouts from pitching ninja. Uh, and like, it's like, it, it's just disgusting. <laughs> he, he made the hitter just look silly. Yeah. I, I was, um, I, I, I was so impressed. I, I really, I really came away. Yeah. Let's see this change up here. Oh my God. Just running away from, from Yelich. And that had to look like a strike for 55 feet. Just absolute filth. Um, so yeah, so you think there is some some real staying power here? I think so, especially because it's not like the Mets are healthy. Um, and I mean, I know the idea is, oh, maybe after the All Star break, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna get guys back. But like w- at this point, I don't know that Miguel is the one that leaves the rotation necessarily. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and it looks like wrote. Oh, oh, that's right, because David Peterson hit the IL. Um, so right now they're they're running with a four man for this week, uh, just because they've got the All Star break next week. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that he could, you know, find himself staying in this rotation, especially as the playoffs start to kind of creep up on us. I think the Mets are going to be one of the teams with the injury history in this rotation uh, that they're, they're going to want to maybe move to a six man. Yes. Um, and so, like, even if they get Carrasco back and Peterson back and Syndergaard back, Peterson goes into the bullpen uh, and, you know, the other guys join a six-man rotation to make sure that nobody's too overworked. Because, uh, I mean, this this Mets team looks like it has some staying power. I agree. They're, they're a good club. They really weathered the storm there. When... Well, and nobody else in this division seems to care. That's another thing, too, right? They all got an opportunity to dethrone them when they were running out a double A AA team. Jones Highway, I think, was leading off for crying mm-hmm. out loud. Now he's a premium player, so yeah, I'm not course. I'm not shading him, but um, you know, they, they had nothing going right in that offense for a while. And nobody in the East was like, let's take advantage of this. And so they held on and now they're getting all those pieces back and they're starting to put some distance between them. The only team that's actually made a push was the Nats, but they were so far behind that they couldn't quite catch all the way up. But they're now in second at 41 and 42, while the while the Mets are 44 and 37. Remember how great this division was supposed to be? They have one team over 500. Yeah, They're just beating the hell out of each other. 
Yeah, but I mean, they they technically still have four teams in the rank. <laughs> I know, no, I know. I'm not, I'm not saying the Nats, Braves, uh, or Phillies are dead, but none of them are over 500 right yeah. now, and uh, they they need a run for sure. So Miguel, you know, if you didn't pick him up this week, uh, he's going to be more expensive next week, especially if he has another good start. But uh, he was a hot commodity this week, and so yeah. far so good. He he had a 41% CSW on the changeup, a 36%. Uh, CSW uh, on the on the four seamer, like that's he really he, good. Yeah, it, that's fantastic. Um, so like, yeah, I do think that he has some staying power. I think he should be at least a team streamer in every every league. Yes, for the foreseeable future, I completely mm-hmm. agree. There, um, that's what I would like to do with him as well. Let's talk Joe Ross. Uh, is he good? I think he is. You know, I. I'm starting to think that too. I was a giant fan of his brother and and some of that rubbed off on early Joe Ross where I'm like, I like him too. And uh, you know, there was a, there was some stuff there early on, 15 and 16 where it's like, okay, here we go. But then the injuries started to creep in, the ineffectiveness with home runs and too many hits were there and you know, he hasn't really done anything of note since 2016 on a big league stage and now here he is. Uh, 87 innings of a 402 ERA, 120 whip, and 91 strikeouts, including what was it, 11 against the Dodgers? Yeah, 11 in six and two thirds, three with three runs. That really, you know, he's and, been great for a while now, but that sold me a lot to go dominate the Dodgers. And I was watching that game because it was on at like eight o'clock in the fucking morning for some reason out here on the West Coast. I, uh, yeah, what was that? I don't like. I thought it's like, oh, they must be playing a doubleheader, and then I was like, no, they're not. You know what? Just... That was the fourth, right? Yeah. I think the Nats always have an early fourth game. Oh, do they? And I, I've never I even noticed that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Since the beginning of June, he's got a two thirty one ERA and ten strikeouts per nine in thirty nine innings. Wow. Uh, I mean, he's been fantastic, and, and the nice thing is. Even in the starts where he's not great, he's still going somewhat deep. Like, yeah, yeah, he gave up five earned runs against the Mets on the 19th, but Ross still went five innings in that game. Uh, and, I mean, yeah, the, the Dodger game, he'd given up one earned run, you know, through six, and then it was in the, you know, the last, uh, you know, two-thirds of an inning uh, where he gave up two more. Uh, so, like, it, it wasn't like... It wasn't even as bad as, as the six and two thirds of three and run uh, suggests. The eleven strikeouts tells you what kind of outing he was really having uh, in that one. The Dodgers could not hit him until he just tired out. Kind of the end of that outing. Uh, yeah, I, I was impressed by that. I really yeah. was. I I think he is kind of a again a, a team streamer in every format. Yeah, you can't let go of him right now, and um, I think the fact that he's gone through the Dodgers, Rays. Mets and Giants. Now the Mets actually got him for five, uh, but he did well against those other three. So in three of those those four outings there, facing quality teams and doing well, that tells me that I'm pretty much starting him too right now um, against anybody. And, and and I'll you know if I got to bench him against a tough opponent after a, a bad start or two in a row, maybe I'll do that. But right now he's in the rotation because I, I think a point that you hit on was the innings six eight. Five against the Mets, but that's the team that beat him up. Seven, six in the third, six and two thirds. So 
you have to love everything that Joe Ross is doing right now. And I've been in, impressed by it. He's not really as available anymore. You know, it, there wasn't a rush to go get him. He, ne- he was never like the big yeah, pickup of the out week. <laughs> yeah, it was just one of those like each week a few more people were adding him. A few more people were adding him. But now I think we're at a point where he's not very available. Yeah, I think once people like saw he was going up against the Mets and the uh, the Marlins, they're like, okay, here's a streamer. But now, you know, after the Marlins start, they're like, oh, I can hold on to this streamer for a little bit and it's paying off. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. So that's Joe Ross. Uh, if he is still available, I mean, go check, make sure some of the shallower leagues, I think he is going to be, but for the most part, he's scooped up. Let's talk about Brian Reynolds and, and the amazing season that he's having. Now, I know you liked him back <laughs> in 19, especially. Did you, did you buy low after I, the, after the ugly 2020? I didn't. And I'm kicking myself for not because the, he fits exact prototype of guys I was targeting this year, which was, Guys I liked previous to 2020 that had bad 2020s because of the shortened man. season that he, I didn't go he back. He couldn't have fit that better, man. Yeah, and I don't he, know. He I mean, was dreadful last year. Part of the problem was he was really an average-only guy, right? Like, you got a little bit of pot from him, but you weren't getting much else. And he was going to be in that awful lineup in Pittsburgh. And if you didn't get the average, like, he was useless. True, true. But there that was being no way. Said, there was no way that that 189 average from last year was anything mm-hmm. close to real. 231 BABIP, um, the strikeout rate surged to 27%, even though his swinging strike rate was dead equal to 2019's when he hit when he had a 22% strikeout rate, which is perfectly palatable. And, you know, he did hit 16 homers. That's not huge, but 16 homers in 134 games. Now, I'm not going back and pretending like I was in on him. I thought that he would rebound, but I didn't think the rebound would have would have mattered. It was one of those where I'm like, yeah, he's not this bad, but I don't really care. And yet I should have cared because he's hitting 307, 392, 530 with 15 homers already in 81 games, 337 plate appearances for Brian Reynolds. Um, he's out of his mind right now. He's been excellent, and they've actually formulated a decent little top of that lineup there between Reynolds, Frazier, and and Cabrian Hayes, um, who I know you you liked as well. So mm-hmm. you did at least get one pirate. And I got a but, lot of uh, Frazier too. Okay, so there you go. You got two of the three pieces that have been killing it, but all three of them have been really good. You mentioned Ben Gamble's catching fire for them. They picked him up off the scrap heap. So, you know, they're not a good lineup. They're not scary in any way, shape, or form, not even with the destruction that they put out yesterday. But um, they they do have a few guys that are cooking, and Reynolds is one of them. I guess where I'm really curious is what you think he can do the rest of the year. I think he can keep up a lot of what he's doing. I don't know that he's going to hit for another 15 home runs or anything, but like, I think he could add in eight to 10, uh, and hit close to 300 rest of the way. Uh, okay. which makes him insanely valuable. Uh, especially yeah. at, even, even though like the pirates lineup sucks and it's probably going to get worse at the trade deadline. Cause they need to move Frazier, uh, God, considering yes. the season he's having, and and they you know they might even consider moving Reynolds. I mean Reynolds is 26. He's not going to be part of the next great uh, Pirates team. Uh, so like they could consider moving him and just getting like a haul. They'd have uh, to get yeah something like super elite though. Yeah, because be- he he's not eligible for free agency until 2026. Yeah, um, so that team control is is very valuable for somebody like him. So, but I mean, he will be ARB eligible for the first time next season. You know, they don't like paying anybody, <laughs> uh, you know. So, 
like he could be a guy that you know like maybe Atlanta or Chicago uh, White Sox would be uh, interested in. Uh, if as, Reynolds got into a high quality lineup, that would be nuts. I mean, even a team like uh, the Yankees, like would yeah. probably love to have him considering Hicks, you know, uh, is, you know, been injured and, and they've been running out guys like Brett Gardner and stuff like that. So they, they have a, they have a history of trading there. Um, mm-hmm. Pirates, Pirates, Yankees now organizationally, not necessarily with this Pirates front office that we have they here. They just so. traded for Tyon. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. This, this past off season. So I don't know, maybe, maybe there's something there, but um, if Reynolds or Frazier, got out of there, I think their stock obviously goes up because their their runs scored and runs driven in uh, has a great chance to improve. So I just wanted to shine a, a light on Reynolds, man. He's been a top 10 outfielder. Where do you think he finishes the year in, in terms of outfield? Probably top, top 30. Top 30? Okay, I was going to say top 25 uh, was the range I was going to ask you if he can hold. I think so, too. I think so, too. I think, he, I think the power is going to taper down a little bit, but for the most part, I think he's, I think he's legit. And uh, I, I've been enjoying what he's been doing, switch hitting and, and killing it. So shouts out to Brian Reynolds. Uh, let's play a little holder fold here before we get out. And let's talk about our – or no, excuse me. We're skipping holder fold this week or this, uh, this episode to talk our free agent pickups that we keyed in on this week. And I'll start with mine. And I was big on Gavin Sheets, man. I ended up overpaying a little bit because I really wanted to ensure I got him. And, uh, you know – sometimes when you make a bid on somebody and you end up being way over the, the next one, you can be comforted by looking at the rest of the NFBC leagues and seeing like, okay, if I'd have been in like a bunch of other leagues, I would have needed to go this high in mine. I didn't have to. So I ended up paying, uh, what did I pay? 51 for him. Hang on. I'm getting the number. Yeah. 51 for Gavin sheets in the main and the backup was seven. But then there were a few leagues where I wouldn't have even gotten him for that, and then a, a handful of others with backup bids that were much more in line with that. So I just ha- happened to get a little unlucky, but I don't regret it. I really don't. I wanted to ensure I got him, and I'll tell you why. I think this guy uh, it could be really nice here. Gavin Sheets, obviously he's got the blood lineage. I, I I like blood lineage. You know, It's not something that I base my entire team around like the Blue Jays, but um, I, do, I do think it's – something that uh, that is notable but i love the plate skills that this guy has he doesn't strike out a lot for somebody with such power now for the most part it's been raw power uh you know they call it five o'clock power the, the batting practice he can crush it he's starting to bring it in the game power though uh, a 180 iso in AAA this year off to a really fast start in the majors with a 360 ISO. so i don't expect that to continue but what i like is because he makes so much contact even if the power isn't fully there and he does maybe round out to somewhere in like the, the 170 to 190 ISO range, it could be with a good batting average um, and in a great lineup in Chicago. And they've already been putting him in the, in the two spot a bunch. Like they're, they're already entrusting him to a pretty high spot. Now Moncada's back, so he's going he's gonna to dip back down um, with, with Moncada's injury. But I like that they entrusted him with that for, for a weekend set. I think he'll probably end up batting fifth or sixth, especially with Grandal's injury now. Uh, or maybe fourth. Why is Brian Goodwin batting fourth? I don't know. But I like Gavin Sheets, man. And first base outfield. So we got th- we got that infield outfield capability. I felt I feel like he's somebody who could be a contributor to the rest of the year on this White Sox team. So I went out and got him in a bunch of leagues. 
Yeah, I don't have a problem with it. I think it's more of a short-term play because, like I said, I think the White Sox will be a team that's in on a number of free agents or uh, or, or trade candidates. But uh, my counter to that would be they have multiple spots to that's fill. That's true. I don't, I don't think it takes sheets out necessarily. They got Brian Goodwin yeah, in I just center. think it'll be like a rotation of all the guys who've been playing regularly. Like I think sure. it'll be – a little bit of Sheets, a little bit of Brian Goodwin, some Billy Hamilton, some Adam Engel, you know, uh, while they rotate guys. And then Eloy's working his way back. Uh, Robert's working his way back as well. So, Are they both likely to make it back this year? I think they are. I think Eloy before uh, Robert, but uh, I think they're, you know, they're both doing baseball activities, I believe, now. That's... Uh... That'd be wild. Imagine adding those guys. Like, like that's the best <laughs> trade that you can make, right? And yeah, exactly. And not yeah, having like, to like give up any assets either. They're, you know, they're yeah. just getting the talent infusion back. Just, just bring back two superstar potential players. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, so, you know, again, I don't think he's changing the landscape of my team, but I think he's a solid contributor right now. And even if it does start to fade the playing time a little bit down the road, either I've gotten some health back or, or found some other guys, but I think at least in the short term, uh, I really like him. But I, I did get him as somebody I think can be there for the rest of the year, just because the plate skills. I'm hoping he can he can perform his way into more of that share that you're talking about. I think Gavin Sheets has better skills than all the guys you named there with Goodwin, Angle, Larry Garcia, Billy Hamilton. So hopefully that shines for him and he's able to keep that playing time going. Yeah. Uh, my guy is Mike Fultonevich, and people may, rem- may remember he is one at one point was a really interesting two pitch pitcher. Uh, he's got four pitches now, um, and he cha- he recently changed the grips on his slider and curveball, uh, and it's been helping quite a bit over the last mm-hmm. three starts. Uh, he's got a three sixty ERA. Uh, you know the walks are down. He only has two walks in twenty innings. That's huge for Fulte. Yeah, for him, it, it is huge. I mean, he's getting to pitch in Texas. As long as he's staying in Texas, uh, in, you know, in that amazing, you know, place to pitch uh, that's ugly on the outside but beautiful for pitchers <laughs> on the inside, uh, I really like him. And I, I streamed him last week uh, for the Oakland and uh, in Seattle starts. I'm happy with what I got from him. I don't know if I, I – I, I, in some of my weekly leagues, I ran him out this week. In some, I didn't, uh, just because he got? he's got Oakland again for the third time. Oh, that's right. Four that's stars. Right, that's right. Yeah. And yeah, I just, yeah. that scares the hell out of me. Understandably. Uh, in some leagues, I didn't have a choice. So, uh, you know, I mean, in my main event, like I said, I didn't have, I didn't have many options. to. Uh, what to a him. weird way for the schedule to break, dude. Right. That's nuts. <laughs> so I'm hoping he doesn't like get crushed being seen the third time in, you know, Two weeks, but I really like what Fultonevich is doing, and I think he is, especially in your deeper leagues, uh, is, is someone people should really take a look at uh, as as a kind of a team streamer moving forward. Yeah, I think I think so too on Fulte, and um, you know, just to throw an add-on guy who was picked up a lot this week off their team is Colby Allard, uh, who's pitching well, and he was fine against the Tigers for his first start. He's also been pitching well. I think both of them. Could be around, and I don't know that either of them is necessarily going to be traded. I mean, Allard's twenty-three; he's not getting traded. But even Fulty at twenty-nine, we'll see. Maybe if he runs this, you know, this week and then out of the break, pitching well and generate some interest. But I don't know that it would be enough for them to want to trade him. So I think he'll stick around in Texas and just keep starting every fifth day uh, as well there. So you know, they they got they got a few guys in addition to All Star Kyle Gibson. 
Boom. Uh, hey, well done, man. He's he's awesome. He's awesome. 198 ERA, 104 whip. He's been incredible. There are no two ways around it. You would think uh, the combination of Cedric Mullins and Kyle Gibson would have me in first place in every single one of my leagues. In some leagues, right? It, oh, man. In a few leagues, I mean, yeah. Oof. You know, and listen, I, I, far far be it for me to just go around and, and back patting us too aggressively, but I will say there were two guys that, uh, you know, if you listen to the show in the offseason, you're probably likely to have these guys on more teams than not based off our promotion of them if, if you if you liked what we were saying and that's Cedric Mullins and Jared Walsh and they're both all-stars so I felt pretty good about that you know we don't get everything right I know that for sure but you know when you put when you plant your flag and, and it's on a, a couple guys that are are mid late round guys I mean Mullins was dirt cheap Walsh had some juice but he was still very affordable as well and they both make the all-star team I felt pretty good about that so uh, a, a little kudos to us uh, on the all-star break there if I can be so bold as to uh, as to brag a little bit and then throw in your Kyle Gibson love as well and uh, you know we got we got small stars out there so uh, yeah I mean a little bit, right? Just a just a little little bit of bragging, you know. I, again, we got plenty, we got plenty of stuff wrong that we can get hammered on. So we'll take a little, a, a little love here and there. But um, yeah, dude, Mullins is fourth in the outfield. Are you like, are you kidding me? Between Nick Castellanos and JD Martinez, it's been amazing. Anyway, that's gonna wrap us up, Justin. Great talking with you. I'll be back with you on Thursday. Take it easy.